This is the Oklahoma Sports Pro Podcast, and it is Bedlam Week. I'm joined, or let me back up for a second. This is Zach Coble, and I'm joined by Jeremiah Perkins and Ryan Winkle this week. Jeremiah, that's weird. Sorry, I don't know why I just said that. Perkins, welcome back this week. I don't think you've said my first name in probably like four years. I cannot remember the last time you said my first name. It felt weird coming off the tongue, so that's why I had to back up. So uh, we can we can redo the intro if you want. No, no, that's fine. <laughs> I, I think it's funny. Leave it, leave it for the record. All right. So it is Bedlam week, guys. We're glad to have Perkins back for the biggest Bedlam. Um, in I'm glad to be back. Honestly, it's been a while since Bedlam has been this big of a game. Um, playoff rankings just come out about two hours ago. A little under two hours ago, and OU comes in at 10, OSU comes in at 7. So, Bedlam Week is going to be very, very highly contested and could have high playoff implications for the winner. So, um, and we may even have Bedlam times two. All of this is just crazy, and you can feel, I don't know, um, if you are an OU or OSU fan, you can feel it in the air this week. It is a different week. Um, so, just a special week. We welcome you guys to the Oklahoma Sports Bros podcast. Um, we'll start off with neither one of those teams. And we'll start at Tulsa. Tulsa this last week goes out and proves me wrong. And uh, yeah. they uh, dominated um, some team. Um, Temple was Temple. Yeah, Temple. Yeah. So they, they go out and dominate Temple. Um, wasn't even close. So I didn't, if I'm being completely honest, I was at the in-laws all weekend um, for their Thanksgiving, and I didn't get to watch the Tulsa games because they didn't have ESPN+. Plus. So, Ryan, go ahead and take it over. I know you watched most of the game. I did. I watched uh, most of the first half and then just kind of had it on in the background in the second half. But, yeah, Temple – not a good team, as we talked about last week. Um, they're three and eight, and their last four or five games, they just got blown out really bad. So we kind of expected this uh, from Tulsa. Tulsa really took care of business. It, it wasn't ever close. I think it was twenty-seven nothing by halftime. Um, Davis Brin was clean, threw for almost three hundred yards and two touchdowns. Didn't have any picks, and Tulsa ran for over two hundred yards. So really balanced attack and the defense played really well uh granted it's temple but uh kept them under 300 total yards and and temple was only two of 15 on third down uh only only worry for tulsa is uh two different running backs had fumbles that they lost so turnovers you know played a little part but still tulsa 44 to 10 over a temple team they should have beat i think they were 22 21 or 22 point favorite and covered that by far so so really good look for for Tulsa, and um, you know they got one more game to to try to make a bowl. So we'll see if they can do that. All right, Perk, did you watch the Tulsa game? I I did not. I I kind of think for it, but I didn't really get to do much of it. Um, I was driving a lot when they played on Saturday, but I'm really proud of them. I mean, I'm looking at their stats, and I don't know. I'm happy to. To report back that Tulsa has given themselves the opportunity 
to be in a bowl game. Then the chance to earn it, you know, have you that they play hard. I'm looking forward to it, you know. And I'm I'm really I'm really happy about it. They cut the penalties down, six penalties for 70 yards, um, which it's sad when you have to say that, but it's better than normal, you know. They keep the turnovers down. I'm really looking forward to see how they play. I'll probably go out of my way to watch that SMU game just because I want to see if they make it. All right. Well, um, both of you are pretty um, happy with their performance from this past weekend. I know they played pretty well. Um, it was pretty overwhelmingly dominant performance against a far inferior opponent. It's something they should have done to that opponent. Um and you guys both mentioned it, bowl eligibility. I'm here to crush your dreams, Tulsa. There's no way you get it. Uh, preview in their game against SMU. Not a ch- SMU got throttled last week, um, and SMU is a lot better team than that, and SMU will go and roll over Tulsa easily. I think Tanner Mordecai throws for over 400 yards on that Tulsa defense, uh, and – I don't. I don't think the game's close. Somebody is having some kind of seizure in the background on this podcast. What is that sound? I don't hear a sound. I hear a sound, but I don't know what it is. So it's then coming it's from Perkins. Then it's me. Okay. I don't. Do you I have a fan just blowing on you or something? My my ceiling fan, but it's always on. Like you guys haven't said anything about it before. Hmm. I don't know. Should I leave and then come back? <laughs> no, but it, it's gone now. It hasn't done okay. it since you started talking. Maybe my phone was too close to my laptop. I don't know. That's weird. Whatever. You just did it again. I, I don't know. What to, I'm, like, I'm holding my phone above my chest while sitting in my recliner. All right. Well, figure it out, Perkins. I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> figure it out, Jeremiah. All right. Well, oh my gosh. That that's where the whole podcast went wrong. We called you Jeremiah and now yeah. we can't get good audio. Did this fix it? <sighs> yes. I don't know. Sure. I sure. I guess I could hold my phone like I'm on a phone call. It, yeah. I guess that's better. Sure. <laughs> All right. So like I was saying before, Perkins just wanted to rudely interrupt me. I, I don't know uh, what happened. SMU goes in and rolls over Tulsa. I think Tanner Mordecai throws for 400 yards, and I don't think the game's close at all. Tulsa's bowl helps are done for, and I will give it to Tulsa, though. At the beginning of the season, we looked at their schedule, and we thought they had a max of three wins on the schedule, and they ended up with five. So I'm calling it now. Good job. Plus two on your win total, Tulsa. So good job this season. You will not be making a bowl. How do you guys feel about that? I completely disagree with you. Yeah, come on, Perk. <laughs> well, look, if our, if our argument is that SMU is a better team, one, they got absolutely decimated by Cincinnati, 48-14. to 14. A Cincinnati team that is trying to – prove to the playoff committee that they deserve to be in, which they got ranked number four, so obviously they were trying to do something with that. Keep going. Right, right. However, we're also talking about a Tulsa team that just two weeks ago almost came out and upset Cincinnati, and that has played fairly well and consistently since. That would have been three weeks ago. 
I miscounted, yes. And I I disagree with you. I do not think this is going to be a completely a just insanely difference in skill game. I think Tulsa is going to come out and do another surprise potential upset. I All don't right. know if they'll win, but I do not think they're going to be completely defeated. All right, listeners. So um, when you want to know which one of us to go with, um, go look at our records in our betting <laughs> part of our podcast, and you it'll show you very easily who you should choose and uh, listening to on this portion. So um, SMU rolls very easily. They win by at least 14. I say a three-point game. Which way? I'm gonna give it to Tulsa. Yeah, I would. I'd say 21 to 18, yeah, you know, something like that. All right, Ryan. Oh. So a <laughs> he month doesn't ago. want to be on the other side. <laughs> I can hear it, but he knows he has to be conflicted. To be right pick. Listen. So a month ago, we were talking about you know all the games Tulsa had and if they could make a bowl. This is one we marked down as automatic loss because SMU was 7-0, and ranked in the top 20. But they've lost three of four, and they were not competitive last week at all. I mean, Cincinnati got up 48 to nothing on this team. I think Tulsa has a chance in this game. There's been some talk about Sonny Dykes from SMU taking the TCU job and some of, you know, some of the people that cover the team may be speculating that he or some of the players are kind of checked out because of those rumors. Uh, who knows if any of that's true, but they've lost three or four games granted to, you know, Houston and Cincinnati, but also uh, to Memphis, uh, a team that Tulsa beat. So um, I think that if Tulsa can establish the run and just play time of possession, I think they have a chance in this game. They obviously have to play a clean game, no turnovers. Uh, That's you know, not happening. Very few penalties. That's not happening. I agree. It's kind of like against <laughs> Cincinnati. We said, like, everything had to happen. Well, look at that game. They At Cincinnati, they almost pulled it off. Um, just one or two little things go differently, and, and they do it. Davis Brin uh, going for the touchdown instead of sliding. And I don't know. I'm I wrote down – so, so SMU is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. I wrote down Tulsa covers that. I think it's going to be a, a field goal field goal game. I originally wrote down 31-27 SMU. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm going all out. I'm going Tulsa. I'm switching that up. 31-27. Mm-hmm. Golden mm-hmm. Hurricanes. Sorry, Golden Hurricane. Y'all gonna, y'all gonna look really dumb. Rain Kane, they make a bowl game and go out with a bang. So yes. Games at three o'clock. We get we get time to watch it before Bedlam. I'm gonna be watching intently. Go Kane, Rain Kane. We got it. Mm-hmm. Well, y'all just mm-hmm. sound like fans now and not actually looking at what's gonna happen in the game. Uh, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You, you just what are you talking about? Like I, I, I just pointed out the reason. No, be quiet. Uh, I didn't think you'd actually be quiet. <laughs> I feel like my dad's yelling at me. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, um, yeah, that's that's fair. But 
No, if you look at this game from a non-Tulsa fan looking at the game, unbiased perspective, you think SMU walks away with this easy. I'm okay. a Tulsa. I'm not a Tulsa fan. I'm an OSU mm. fan. I get the oh whatever. You just were talking about how big you wanted Tulsa to win this game. That makes you I do want them to win this game. There, there's not a chance. Not listen, a listen. want and objective vision are two different things. Listen, Josh Johnson, game changer. Okay, he's gonna make a few plays on this uh, SMU secondary. Few big plays. He had, what did he have? 169 yards uh, against Temple. Nine catches, 169 or 159. Sorry, it's he's got big Temple. Play. Yeah, I know, but he's got big playability. Again, I said the rushing. Where, where's he? Good. Where's he been the rest of the year? Then, excuse me, he has 900 yards receiving, so he's averaging almost 100 a game. I don't want to hear it. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, so, Perk, let, let me ask you a question. Let me let me ask you a question, Perk. I remember yeah. after the Cincinnati game, you completely disowned this Tulsa team and said they were absolutely horrible and garbage and said some few choice words in the back of my car. Um, where's that same Perkins at? Because listen, I feel like, well, go listen. Ahead. Okay. No. <laughs> I said some choice words. Everyone says things when they're feeling. When they're feeling some kind but of I, way, I okay. You, I thought you weren't a fan. If I, you're not I, a fan, I told you, I'm not. Upset. I told you, I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm objectively viewing, objectively <laughs> viewing the game. No, we're and not. I think Tulsa has a real chance. If you look at how they've played, they have gotten better. If the Tulsa at the beginning of the season was going against SMU, yes, this would be a decimation. There would be no Tulsa team left when they were done. However, this isn't the same Tulsa team. We have watched a Tulsa team that did get better over the course of the season. They got a lot better, actually. And so you're you're right. I was very upset with the way they performed. But I don't think as a team I was upset. I was very I was very frustrated with Davis Brin and his inability to be a clutch team leader that he needed to be. And I disowned and I no podcast, I disowned Davis Brin. I did not disown the team, but I think even with Davis Brin in the game, though he's he's redeemed himself in a way. That and so no. Two yeah. weeks ago. You guys were yelling at them for taking a bad two-lane team into overtime. Like, I, I, I don't get where, like, you're so flip-floppy on them. Like, choose a side. They, they did not, like, they beat a bad Temple team last week, and now you're riding high off that. They haven't played well, even though you guys keep saying that. They played well last week against Temple, a bad Temple team. They beat a bad Tulane team in overtime, um, lost to Cincinnati, and lost to a horrendous Navy team. So, And I'm arguing that SMU is a bad team. See, that's not now, the argument that came across to that's me. That's exactly what I said. I talked about the coach probably leaving. They played really bad last week. We're down 48 to nothing. And I think Tulsa can take advantage. See, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think the coach mm-hmm. leaving is going to have that kind of effect. And Perkins, don't say, uh-huh, you didn't think any of that. 
uh, I don't think coach leaving is going to have any of that kind of effect. I didn't say it did. I said maybe, but what, mm-hmm. regardless, they've lost three or four and have not looked good. So I, I don't know what else to tell you. All right. Well, we'll see it on. Uh, we will see it on <laughs> Friday or Saturday. I don't know when they play actually, because the rest of the AAC plays on Friday. So I'm assuming it's Friday, but no, it's Saturday. Yeah, it's Saturday. Okay. Well, we'll see on Saturday when you guys look like fools. We will see. We will see. I can't wait for that tweet with the Tulsa and the eyes looking. Oh, my God. And he tags you. Perkins. My Twitter fingers will be ablaze. It will be great. (laughs) But you won't be able to see it. Oh, man. Are you not on Twitter, Perk? He is. But I he, am. He, he he won't figure out his password. He won't go through the steps to figure out his password because he's lazy and he doesn't. Wow. Listen, I I don't. I, I'm gonna sound like an 82 year old man. I don't understand Twitter. I don't get it. Mm. Why do Why am I scrolling up to find new stuff? I want to scroll down, like Instagram. Then I don't get to the top and start scrolling down. All you have to do is hit the bird at the very top of the screen. Really? Huh. Oh, my. We've spent I didn't know that. much time on Tulsa. We're moving on. <laughs> Isn't Bedlam this week? <laughs> oh, yeah. Who Let's talk about Bedlam. The biggest argument this week would have been about whether Tulsa is going to be bowl eligible. <laughs> I thought there were bigger games this week. but That's great. That's great. All right. OU. Did you all right? Go ahead, host. Take over. <laughs> I think we should start with your opinion. <laughs> all right. So, OU gets back on track with a win 28 21 over Iowa State. Their defense actually looked pretty impressive. Um, besides a first quarter drive or a first possession drive, um, in which they had a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty that was just absolutely stupid. Um, I'm not saying it's the wrong call. That's not what I'm saying. But unsportsmanlike penalty that's just stupid on the defender's part. Mm -hmm. Um, Then we get off the field at 4th and 18 or whatever it was. Or if the, you know, ref doesn't call a catch something that wasn't a catch and or call something that wasn't a catch a catch and then say that he actually fumbled the ball but fumbled it at the one-yard line instead of out of the end zone, which makes no sense whatsoever, but it's whatever. Without that, okay, I'm taking Ryan's perspective of taking some points off the board, you know, Um, then that's only 14 points that they've scored, and it's not really a close game. And then if if Gabe Burkage doesn't kick the burrito and – can hit a field goal, then we're up 31-14. So, really, it's not even a close game if you look at it. But, in reality, it was a really close game. Uh, Good. They do get a scoop and score. Um, They do score a touchdown. So, OU's defense is the reason they won this game. OU's offense does struggle in the game. Caleb Williams does take his 74-yard run to the house. And that was pretty much the extent of offense for the day. It was, um, I I don't I don't know how much else to say about OU's offense. They struggled to move the ball consistently. 
it seemed whenever they got popped in the mouth, they would pop back. But otherwise, their offense didn't work. I don't know. I really, like, maybe it's a mentality thing. They're like, we have to respond now because they they scored a touchdown. Um, but it seemed like every time we needed a touchdown, we scored one. But then again, when we didn't need one, we were up by a score, two scores. It was kind of lackadaisical. We, I don't, I, I really don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Caleb had time in the pocket. It was not the offensive line's fault this week. He had so much time in the pocket. I don't know if the coverage was that good. But then again, every time we ran the ball, we gained about eight yards. So I don't know why we weren't running the ball more. And there's a there's a whole lot of things on the offense that seem like they're easily fixable. But I don't know that they could fix it going into this next week. So that's that's my concern. I don't know. OU absolutely – defensively i thought they they dominated iowa state they had seven sacks on the day and iowa state had only allowed 12 all year so that was pretty good day for the defensive line and then they do get a game ceiling interception at the end they force a fumble um scoop and score so defensively i'm happy with the game they played well and they um they were able to hold this Iowa State team that has looked good. And Brees Hall, Brees Hall's touchdown thing would have gone away this week. Um, touchdown consecutive game record or whatever it is would have gone away this week without the bogus um, fumble at the one-yard line call. And that that that's an impressive performance to me. They held him to like 60 yards, I think. I don't have the stats in front of me. Um but it was like 14 carries for like 60 yards. So it was a pretty good performance. Uh, 19. 19 carries for 60? For 58. For 58. So pretty impressive performance from OU's defense on Brees Hall. Brock Purdy doesn't have a good day. Uh, Overall, this game, looking back, defense did what it needed to do. And one – thing one thing to note dj graham does go out of the game with a groin injury and is uncertain for this weekend so big news key lawrence does play a lot though and he is the one who forced the fumble on the scoop and score so it there's all kinds of give and take i don't know where to land at at the end of the game i walked away thinking we won against a good iowa state team and our defense played well, and our offense didn't. If we can win games, I, I'm at the point, It's and it's at this point in the year, if we win a game, it's important. It, that's that's all you got to do is win games. So what are, you, what are you guys' takeaways from this OU game? You know, uh, I, I had to listen to it. I was in Tulsa basically most of Saturday helping a colleague of mine move into their new house. But I got to listen to different parts of it. And yeah, I agree with what you said. The offense doesn't sound like they did too good, but the defense. I feel I feel bad for uh, for Brock Purdy. Uh, he got oh my god! I left I, I left yeah. the biggest part out. Yeah, carry on. The dude Winfrey got folded. Decapitated, Brock Purdy. <laughs> and I'm not exaggerating when I say that. 
Like the dude, that was the most vicious legal hit I have ever seen. You know, kudos to him too. Like I've seen the replay for that hit multiple times and good for him for getting his head out of the way. Full short, uh, full shoulder con- contact. Like it was about as legal of a hard hit as you can do. And it, I mean, phenomenal on their part. But I felt bad for Brock Purdy, dude. Like that guy, he took some hits, and I don't blame him for eventually going out on concussion protocol. Like well, he put up he, with a lot. He came back in the game. Well, I mean, I, I originally like he, he. I don't blame him for them keeping him out. There's so many hard hits, you know what I'm saying? Like I 100% uh, blame them for putting him back in. That oh, is yeah. absolutely irresponsible. If you even have an inkling, like if you sit somebody down for a concussion, they shouldn't – like and an extended period. He was gone for a lot of that third quarter. The other quarterback even threw an interception and got another series or maybe even two series after that and – it was not until the game was on the line that they put him back in. I think that's completely irresponsible. That's just me, though. Maybe maybe you guys feel otherwise. I think brain injury, concussion, that's, that's a whole nother level. And especially how hard he was getting hit that day, he should have been out of the game mm-hmm. just from a health perspective. Nothing – to do with the actual OU Iowa State game. I don't not from that, not performance or anything. Just from a health perspective, I think he should have been out. I completely agree. You know, uh I you know and I I I think they the player's health doesn't matter if you need to win the game, a player's health needs to come first in all cases because they have lives they need to live outside of that game. As as important as we like to think of college football, it's their lives after their four years. It needs to go on and, you know, but that's a whole other topic that, you know, we're not going to get into. But uh, I think another cool stat, though, that no one's really talking about is the awesome yardage that Brock Purdy got on the runs. He had 11 carries and he averaged, you know, some pretty good yardage with those, uh, a negative 4.3 and for a total of negative 47 yards. So I think that's really good on his part. Well, the weird thing is, Perkin, I don't know that I'm sure you do know this. So I don't mean to make it sound like I'm belittling you. I'm sure you do know this, but if you get sacked in college football, it counts as a rush. Whereas in the NFL, if you get sacked, you, it doesn't count as a rush. So <laughs> yeah, I was being sarcastic. It was was I was trying to be funny. <laughs> I get uh, I get that you were being sarcastic. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, uh, but other than that, I really have nothing more to say. I was pleased with the defense. You know, we never know which combination of OU we're going to get. Are we going to get a good offense and a bad defense or a bad defense or a good defense and a bad offense? Well, and so, let, let me state this. Ever since OU's guys have come back from injury, it has been unparalleled better. Uh, I, don't, I don't know the word to use. It has been – it's not the same team out there, and I don't get – how you're there's that big of a drop off but maybe there is and it's just been an absolutely crazy to see how much better the defense is when they have Woody Washington out there to cover when they have DJ Graham even though we talked about him going out again um Key Lawrence they found Key Lawrence and he can play out at cornerback when he had been playing at safety Delarian Turner yells back. Um, 
Perion or Perion Winfrey wasn't hurt. Um, it was um, the kid from Midwest City. What's his name? Ryan scored the touchdown. Uh, Jalen Redmond. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Redmond. Uh, and Jalen Redmond is back from injury. You can see how much of a difference these guys are making, and I think that that is the key part of why the defense is playing so much better. I cannot answer why the offense isn't playing better. My thought was the offensive line. Now that I watched the offensive line against Iowa State, I, I don't I don't know the answer. I just don't know the answer to the offense's problems or why they look so good one week and why they look worse the next. So maybe it's just Iowa's defense, like their defensive line. Maybe they're just not as good as you know Baylor's or or other teams that we face. Well, they're they're rushing three and dropping eight, so they're not trying to get to the quarterback. So that there's a point to that. But my point is, why is Lincoln Riley not running the ball up their throat? until they mm-hmm. put eight people in the box. It doesn't make sense. Like, that, if if you watch that game, and on all of their successful drives, besides, obviously, the first one where Caleb runs 74 yards, which I guess you could even say that falls into my point, too, all of their successful drives were set up by the run. I know there's one touchdown pass to Mario Williams in there, but the drive was Kennedy Brooks, eight yards. Kennedy Brooks, seven yards. Kennedy Brooks, five yards. Kennedy Brooks, eight yards. I don't know what the actual drive was, but it's it was like that. And then at the 20-yard line, they throw it to Mario Williams. So I don't get why they get away from the run when the run is what is the staple to their offense. Like if you don't run the ball, you're not going to be able to set up your RPO. You're not going to be able to set up your play action passes. Um, and going up against the defense this weekend, that is probably top five in the nation. Not probably is top five in the nation. Like that is going to be absolutely vital that we don't get away from the run. So. I mean, I agree with you. I have not much more I can say about that. You really covered it. You got anything to say, Ryan? Uh, just a few things. I won't go too long. But, yeah, it's uh, it's really odd what's going on with the offense because until the bye week, they were clicking. And Caleb Williams looked great. And we did talk about how their competition was going to get harder with Baylor, Iowa State, and then OSU. Um, but, yeah, uh, particularly throwing the ball since since that bye week – which you're supposed to get better after a bye week, and they clearly have not, at least on offense. Um, Caleb had an interception in this game and also got stripped in the end zone, in his own end zone. Luckily, his O-lineman picked it up. Could have had two turnovers there and potentially a safety. And uh, it's really weird. I don't know. I mean, he's he's kind of looked like a freshman uh, the last couple of games. Luckily, Brock Purdy is – just the maybe he was concussed. I don't know because that thing right before halftime was probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen a quarterback do. And you talked about how you know Iowa State that first touchdown was kind of fluky, but at the same time that if Brock Purdy just doesn't do that, then it's a tie game going into halftime. So could have been closer that way too. And um, you know Iowa State's driving to tie the game at the end instead of trying to, or sorry, to win the game instead of trying to tie it. And, um, so there were a few things that, 
you know, obviously the ifs and buts, but if they go one way or the other, this is a, uh, could have been a loss for OU. Um, well, so it's, it's, I, I don't, don't mean to interrupt you, but one yeah. of the things I was listening to the radio um, on my way in the um, Monday morning, and they were talking about how, and I, I this was a great point, and um, they were talking about how if games had go- had flip-flopped on maybe one possession, we would be just like Iowa State sitting there at six mm. and five, seven and four. Um, yes. Worst hand, we may be at four and seven like Texas is. So yeah. if, if games go just that opposite way, just a tiny bit for OU, 100% they're, they're sitting with a completely different record and we're talking completely mm-hmm. different about them. Yeah, for sure. But, you know, some, some of that is, you know, late games, they still find a way to win. So there's something to be said about that. But, yeah, it's – and that's probably why they hadn't been ranked, you know, in the top five or whatever because that's what the committee saw is, is just that they find a way to kind of escape on in games that they could very easily have lost. So the good news, like you mentioned, the defense is playing really well. Um, seven sacks in this game and uh, really played well against Baylor. We talked about how the offense just kind of let OU down in that game, but the defense has been uh, really good the last couple of games. And, uh, yeah, I guess it was just as, as simple as getting everybody healthy again. So um, so that's a good note. Weird note, Gabe Burkich, uh missed again. This time it was a short chip shot. He just hooked it and and nailed the post. Um, so he's, he needs 0, to he's 0 for 3 since kicking the burrito. I know last week I went off on the dude who said something about the NIL deal, mm-hmm. but I'm starting to buy into it. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, he's 0 for 3 after kicking a burrito for some burrito company. I don't I don't know the whole story, but I watched the video. He kicked some burrito um, on an NIL deal, and now, now he hasn't made a kick since. So, yeah. I, I, I really don't know. Mm. It's got to be in his head at this point. Got to be. By the way, I think Nick Benito needs to have an NIL for NIL deal for a burrito, Benito burrito, something like that. Anyway, <laughs> uh, another another fun. You should trademark that. that. <laughs> yeah. Iowa State ran a fake punt and got oh yards on it, uh, and went in to score a touchdown a few plays later. So uh, special teams not very good for the Sooners. See, and the weird thing is, Perkins, are you okay? I think that's so. How are you not laughing at that? Why would I? I don't know. I I've got a good sense of humor. That was funny, Ryan. <laughs> I didn't hear it. If I'm being oh, clear, I don't know oh he did he did the little thing forty nine or whatever it was twenty nine twenty nine. <laughs> You'll listen uh, to the podcast, Zach. But, You'll like it. <laughs> um, but all right, and now apparently my wife decided when we're recording the podcast to hammer something in. <laughs> That's great. That's just great. just great all around this week. Got lots of stuff going on. Yeah. Um, but Lincoln Riley did comment on the special teams after the game and said how well they played. Yeah, I heard that. Like, what? Huh? How, how, that is the – if you have a fake punt that goes for 34 yards, and honestly it looked like he was going into the end zone. 29 yards. Whatever. He, if he is 
any more athletic, he takes that to the house. Yes. Like, that is absolutely insane. Why are you saying our special teams played well? Because they didn't. We missed a field goal. The mm-hmm. only part you could say that our special teams played well is Michael Turk in the punting game because he had to punt the ball eight times. <laughs> eight times. Like, eight that is times. insane. I, I guess our punting team, our punting team, not the returning punts, but punting team did pretty well. But other than that, I don't special teams did not do too well so no another one last note is iowa state had the ball for 38 minutes so yeah they're doing what really every team has tried to do in that just keeping the ball away from ou and it's seemed seemed to work as as far as keeping in in games um so yeah i don't know yeah i i i yeah i don't really know what to say so um, Perk, any any other comments on the OU game? I feel like we've kind of exhausted it a little bit. No, I think I think we did a good job on that one, and we didn't have any major arguments this time, so we're doing pretty good. Well, we haven't really got into the next part yet. So, for those of you who are unaware, and you probably didn't listen to the first 30, 40 minutes of this podcast, if you're unaware of this, but it's Bedlam Week, so our preview the game will be actually after our osu review so um at this time i'm going to turn it over to ryan go ahead and tell us all about the osu game i watched most of it honestly i turned it off in the fourth quarter after they scored their last touchdown but um up to that i watched most of it so ryan go ahead and take it over tell us how you feel it went and how just tell us about the game sure and i'll be brief because i want to spend more time on bedlam but uh, three words, defense, defense, defense. OSU goes to Lubbock and wins 23 to nothing. First time the Red Raiders have been shut out since 1997. And the first time OSU has shut out a Power 5 opponent since 1995 against the Oklahoma Sooners. So very fitting. Uh, again, Tech, Tech had to bring in their backup quarterback, with five minutes left in the third, a week after he beat Iowa State and went crazy, just like uh, last week against TCU when Chandler Morris got benched um, against OSU after having his big game. So this defense just seems to get better every single week. It's it's insane. So Texas Tech had 108 total yards, and 69 of that, nice, was on their last two drives of the game. So <laughs> – so with, me. so with nine, <laughs> nine minutes and 55 seconds left in the game, <laughs> the Red Raiders had a total of 39 yards. 39 yards. I, I feel like Perkins isn't even like what or listening to you, Ryan. I, I, That's fine. I really feel like I, he made, he made he it. How did you not hear it? I, I, I'm not a six year old. So he heard I it. I call He's it a good sense of humor. I appreciate the laughter. I really do. Hey, I love it a lot of things. So it's you good. sound like a. So. <laughs> so with so with ten minutes left in the game, Texas Tech had a total of thirty nine yards. And without and this, a beat, he just goes yeah. right back to it. So this Tech team, the week before, put up five hundred and twenty nine <laughs> yards and forty one <laughs> points. Forty one points. 
And this game, obviously, they didn't score any and averaged one yard per carry. One yard per carry. 26 rushes for 25 yards. And it got to a point where Tech's only hope of anything on offense was just throw it deep and hope for a uh, pass interference call, which they actually did and got, I think, three in the second half. Well, but other than that, couldn't really do much. All I'm saying is, I watched it, and yep. when OSU's receivers are basically tackling the dude, I don't know why oh. they're not calling it more. I know they could have. <laughs> they yeah, they weren't really consistent with it. But and I'm not saying they weren't pass interference, but that's the only way that Tech was able to get any sort of field position because other than that, their offense just could not do a thing. Um, and I'm I'm just gonna throw this out there. I tweeted this out. And a lot of people liked it. Um, so the defense, the starting defense, the last four games for OSU has allowed three points, three points, three points, and zero points. And in those four games, they have 20 sacks and 44, 44 tackles for loss. Uh, teams combined to go seven of 54 on third down, which is 13%. Sounds like Perkins' uh, picking percentage on this podcast. <laughs> Um, teams, hey, uh, teams average right at 150 yards uh, total per game in these last four against that starting defense. It's just about as dominant as a defense can be. Um, so so all, all that to say, um, defense played well for the fourth straight week. I keep underestimating them. I, I picked T or I picked Texas Tech to score 16 points for some some reason and uh they let they yeah so shoot uh, i'm uh i'm looking at this tweet right now i wish i could be as famous as you someday i know i had Um, like 30 retweets or something you you had 42 likes and 12 retweets hey that is insane is that for our sports pro tweet or his personal oh no his personal oh no we don't get that on our our stuff it, but no. you know we could get three if you would uh, if you would get on Twitter. I know. <laughs> See, that was a great joke, and you that just was a great joke. Let it fly right onto the ground. Sorry. <laughs> like, That's my bad. No, no, you just don't have a sense of humor. I guess yeah, right. That's fair. <laughs> um, right. So back to OSU. Um, so all that said about the defense. Offense didn't play their best game. They weren't bad, but um, they weren't aggressive really in the play calling, which I'm going to attribute to the fact that they just want to save some stuff for Bedlam. Um, Whether or not that's true, that's what I'm going to say. And there was a fourth and one on the Tech 42 and Gundy punted. And if you remember last or two weeks ago against TCU, they had a couple of fourth and shorts and Went for it both times. Got it. Got it both times. And I was excited that Gundy was coaching aggressive, um, because he hadn't really in the Iowa State game. That's kind of why I feel they lost the game. So, um, so they got kind of back conservative a little bit in this game. There were two touchdowns that they left off the board. There's a trick play that uh, basically on a I think it was like third and eight, but uh, Spencer tossed the ball to John Paul Richardson, a receiver. And uh, he came back and then wide open Jaden Bray uh, running toward the end zone to catch this pass. He got tripped up, if you didn't see this, by the turf. And uh, he said, and 
couldn't make the easy catch for a touchdown. So there's they had to settle for a field goal there. Tay Martin dropped another easy touchdown on a quick slant pass that he'll catch 98 out of 100 times. So uh, if, you know, those two plays are made, uh, it's 31 nothing instead of 23 nothing, and and that, you know, makes it look a little better. But uh, once they got 23 nothing early in the fourth, they just kind of ran the clock and tried to eat the clock up So and come out with everyone healthy for Bedlam because I think they knew they had the game in hand by then. Um, so 23 to nothing ended up being the final score really could have been more and I would have liked it to be more, but overall, I think he shut a team out, especially a team like Texas tech, um, known, known for their offense. I think it's a great week. And obviously this was the trap game that, you know, as an OSU fan, I was worried about before the bedlam of all bedlams. So for them to come out and not have a letdown was really good to see. Yeah, Ryan, you kind of caught some uh, some flack there on Twitter for um, your comments about yeah. uh, you. You should have scored more. <laughs> I can. I, I was reading through the comments and I was like, "Oh man, I don't. I, I'm glad I. I'm not this. I'm glad I didn't send that because they were mean." <laughs> I did. Can I clarify what I said? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the tweet was basically in the fourth quarter. So they went up twenty three nothing, and then. Their last three drives, they basically just, like I said, ate the clock up. Didn't I don't know if they throw the ball once um, in those last few drives, and basically just uh, ran until they couldn't get a first down and punted. And my tweet was um, basically that I'm worried that Gundy being conservative and running the clock out instead of trying to run up the score might cause OSU to miss the playoff if they go undefeated. And my I got eviscerated um, by this by a bunch of OSU fans, um, and my apparently didn't come across the right way. I must have said, you know, I don't know. But my point was that earlier in the day, we saw a Notre Dame team that's ranked above OSU right now uh, beat Georgia Tech fifty-five to zero. So compared to that, a twenty-three to nothing win doesn't look nearly as good for an OSU team who the committee has talked about their offense you know is the one thing kind of holding them back and so if we had I think even 31 or you know 38 points maybe 38 to nothing um, you know that would have looked a lot better going up against a 55 nothing game from Notre Dame so that was my point and and not anything that OSU didn't play well or didn't it wasn't a great win or anything but I got tons of of OSU people saying, whoa, that's a terrible take. They just shut out Texas Tech, all this stuff. You're wrong. All this stuff that had nothing to do with what I said. Obviously, they shut them out. It was a great win. Defense played amazing. My only my only thought was this doesn't look great for playoff chances. So, And I'm, I feel like I'm right in that. But uh, I learned that you can't say everything you want on Twitter without getting some backlash. So. Anyway. I, it doesn't matter which way you go. I commented on um, one of – oh, I can't even remember his name. I'll find it real quick. Uh, but I, I re- retweeted something um, from a sportscaster in Oklahoma, um, and you had you had retweeted it too. Um, oh, it's not even popping up. But it, Oh, Jacob Unro 
um, had said, okay, state coach Mike Gundy on fans throwing things at officials not wanting to penalize players. I think one was a bottle of whiskey, and that's definitely worth 15 yards. And so I commented to this that so what I'm hearing is Mike Gundy is a believer that Baylor should have been penalized for throwing bodies onto the field uh, at the end of uh, at the end versus yes. OU. Um, and this Baylor fan just went at me and was like, she was like, uh, she said, well, if you would have listened to the announcers explaining it um, during the game, it's because it happened twice. And I, I didn't argue with her. I just said it was a joke. Chill mm-hmm. out. <laughs> but if I would have argued with her, I would have said, like, I'm pretty sure there was more than one person on the field. So it had to have happened more than once. <laughs> yeah. But no, I and I had laughing faces emoji in this and mm-hmm. she just did not believe that it was a joke. And I don't I don't for life me know why, <laughs> but this week on Twitter, um, your Oklahoma sports bros have been getting attacked. So if you guys want to come to our defense, that would be great, you know? Yeah. But with that being said, we can get into what we've all wanted to talk about all week, and we're already an hour into the podcast, and that is Bedlam. Bedlam is this weekend, OU versus OSU. OSU is the higher-ranked team. OSU is the favorite. Excuse me. OSU is the favorite. I couldn't even get that out of my mouth without hiccuping. Mm. Like, it's just – Weird. Uh. So OSU is the favorite. They're favored by four points going into Bedlam. This is going to serve as our game of the week because this is the only game that matters this week. In case, in case you were curious. Oh, yeah. That's, yeah. Anyway, so, I was trying to do like CBS music or something, but it didn't work. <laughs> well. Final countdown. Yeah. To Bedlam. But. Let's just get into it. Defenses for both these teams look really good at this moment. OSU, obviously, their defense looks better than OU's. OSU's has been more consistent, been there all year. OU seems to come on strong when everybody's healthy. Hopefully, Woody Washington, or not Woody Washington, uh, DJ Graham will be back for the game this weekend. That would be a big help. And then, uh, so, defensively, I think it's going – honestly, I think it's going to be a defensive battle and a special teams battle in this game, which is weird coming to a, a Bedlam game because Bedlam – you think of Bedlam as a shootout. Here recently in the past 10 years or so, um, the games have been in the 40s and 50s. And uh, this year, honestly, I think the over-under was set at like 50. And that's got to be the lowest it's been in Bedlam in 10 years Mm -hmm. because that is absolutely insane because these two defenses are coming in really hot. OSU's defense, like Ryan said, their starting defense only allowed, what is it, nine points in the past four games. Mm -hmm. And then OU's defense played well against Iowa State. OU's defense has really played well since they got healthy, Um, even against Baylor. OU's defense played well for three quarters against Baylor and got tired in the fourth quarter because they couldn't get off the field because OU's defense kept going three or OU's offense kept going three and out. So um, I I really think this will be completely um, determined off defense and special teams, which is a concern, like we said, for OU fans, um, because special teams, we didn't play very well. Gabe Burkich has to bring his A game 
we may be trading field goals. We may be trading um, I, defensive points. I don't know. I don't think offenses in this game is what is going to win it. Um, and that is 100% different from the past. I think Caleb Williams may have a special play in him. I think for OSU, Spencer Sanders just has to do what he can to not turn over the ball. He's played really well here recently, hasn't turned the ball over. And if he can protect the ball, make the smart decisions, then Spencer Sanders is going to be going to be in the right, um, going to play well if they don't turn the ball over. That's what's going to set them up for success. And then OU, Caleb Williams just has to make the right reads, and they OU has to run the ball. So those, those are kind of my keys looking at this game. Defense and special teams is what I think is going to win the game for either side. I'm not going to pick a winner until we all get to the end of our preview. Uh, but defense and special teams, that's your key part. And then for OU, you got to establish the running game. And for OSU, you cannot turn the ball over. Cannot give OU short fields at all. So I turned over to Perkins. Perkins, what are your keys to Bedlam this week? Who You don't have to say who you think is going to win yet. We'll get into that. But what are your keys for both teams on what they have to do to win Bedlam? Uh, I agree with you on a lot of your points. My thing is is I don't think I, – I agree so much with this statement. I do not think this is going to be an offensive battle. This is going to be a defensive battle. Whose defense can outlast the other? Who and, said it was going to be an offensive battle? Oh, no, I, I said I agreed with you like because oh. you said that it wasn't like you don't – for the first time in a long time, it's not going to be who's the best offense coming out. It's 100% kind of a weird situation with the fact that who's the best defense going to be. And I kind of have an opinion on that, but I'll wait on that one. But right, like you said, OU needs turnovers. They need – for OSU to make their offensive mistakes that we have seen in the past. The only downside of that is we haven't seen OSU making those kind of mistakes nearly as much in the past couple weeks. And so defensively, you've got to figure out ways to make it happen, whether it's through sacks, through uh, you know different types of uh, uh, blitzes and stuff like that. We've got to force the mistakes. Uh, cornerbacks and safeties – you got to have good play recognition. You got to be able to make those plays, uh, be able to catch that ball in the air, or at least you know get the knockdown. Um, and then, in, in return for that, for OSU, you've got to OU struggles when there's when there's pressure on the quarterback. So you have to bring players who are ready on that defensive line. They have to beat the offensive line. And they have to get into the backfield and apply that pressure. If they do that, they're going to have a lot of success making Caleb Williams run out in the pocket and forcing him to essentially make a game-changing play every throw. And it's just not going to happen. And that's that's their key is to keep pressure up in that backfield. Because if he releases that ball, they have that depth. They have enough players who can catch that ball. And so they need – to keep up that pressure. They need to shut down the run game. And I think that's really how both those teams can achieve their win. All right, Ryan, what are your keys to this game? 
biggest key for me is uh, offensive line for Oklahoma State against OU's defensive line. Um, that defensive line for OU can really overpower offensive lines at times that we've seen uh, the last, or really all season, but especially the last couple of weeks. And if OSU isn't at full health, it's going to be a struggle. They've uh, had a couple of offensive linemen out against Texas Tech, and uh, I believe one of them, Josh Sills, is supposed to be back, but Danny Godlewski is a starter um, that I think right now they don't think he's going to play. So um, really need the rest of the offensive line to stay healthy all week and not not get hurt in practice, um, stay healthy through the game. Um, in addition to that, Brennan Presley was, I guess, a little banged up. He actually played the Tech game but only returned punts, which he just did fair catch every time. He didn't actually return any and didn't play a snap on offense. Um, but it sounds like it was just a kind of a precaution because otherwise I don't think he would have played at all um, if he had a real bad injury. So so he should be healthy and good to go for Bedlam. And also Jalen Warren kind of banged up in the Tech game. Um, so he needs to just kind of rest this week and they're really going to need him. Um, so yeah, the offensive line really opening up running lanes is, is what they need to do to win this game. My guess is Alex Grinch is going to try to sell out to stop the run and, and blitz Spencer Sanders to make him beat them through the air. And, if OSU cannot establish the run against that D line, I don't like Spencer's chances to to do that. Especially if he's got Benito, Perion Winfrey, Isaiah Thomas. If these guys get in the backfield all night. It's going to be tough for him to to make plays. You know, he does have some speed, so he might be able to get around them. But as far as making throws, it's going to be really tough uh, with with that defensive line. So, so that that really line it's in the trenches. I feel like the biggest um, key to the game, I will say for, for OU Caleb, we talked about, it's really looked, he's looked like a freshman, I guess, in these last couple of games against two of the better defenses he's played. And OSU, I think is a pretty big step up from Baylor and Iowa state defensively. And so the last two games, he's 49% completion, Averaging 117 yards a game, has one touchdown and three interceptions. Not very good. Um, I actually listened to uh, the Sooner Scoot podcast. I listened to that from time to time, especially the last few weeks, because I like to hear what guys who cover OU think. And I love Eddie Radosevich. He's really funny. Um, <laughs> funny is if, if you want somebody on Twitter to follow, yes. just to laugh, Eddie Radosevich. Yeah. Period. He's hilarious. Hilarious. I love him. Um, but him and Carrie were talking this week, and they sound – I mean, they said it, but they are terrified of this OSU defense. And to hear people covering OU say that they're terrified of something about OSU, that never happens. So I think the last time would may have, maybe have been 2011, just when OSU had the best offense we've ever seen. Um, and I know this doesn't necessarily mean that the players – uh, are scared or anything, but I do think they come into this game a little intimidated at how good OSU's defense has played. Um, well, so, and I in addition, say, yeah, I, I listened to the same podcast mm-hmm. and I do, I, I get, are, are you paraphrasing? 
Yeah, I don't know if they use the word terrified, but they okay. said over and over how how, how scared good they the are. That, was. Yeah. How scared? That, uh, well, I wouldn't say scared. It's fine. It's fine. No okay. So let me, uh, maybe I can rephrase. I didn't mean to put words in their mouth. They don't think that OU's offense has a chance, basically, against OSU's defense. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. Sorry. But in, in words of like OU fans, some of them may be scared. So, uh, and, and obviously, I think a couple of weeks ago, they wouldn't have said that, but with how bad uh, the offenses look these last two games, I think that plays into it too because they don't have uh, really confidence in their in their offense right now. So that mentality could play a factor in this game. And you know, Boom Pickens Stadium is going to be absolutely insane. Um, but I do I do agree with you. I think it's going to excuse me. It's going to be a lower scoring game. I think for both teams, the best uh, offensive scheme is to try to establish the run and control time of possession but um it's just gonna be interesting to see who who can do that which offensive line can keep it together against these really stout defenses so uh yeah lower scoring game than we're than we're used to seeing in bedlam for sure hey quick question mm-hmm. how and i've watched him how big is tay martin i know he's six foot three but is he is he a physical guy or is he a speed guy? I would say more of a physical guy. He can he makes he makes really good cuts. Um, so you know if the if they're playing, so I don't know if he plays a lot of uh, man or zone, but he seems to if he's got a guy on him that's not playing right up on him, um, he can make a cut and get you know three or four yards of separation pretty quickly. And he's really a possession guy. He's not hes not necessarily a deep threat. Um, he, I think he can be at times. He can make a catch here and there, especially when they get to the red zone. They throw the fade to him a lot, and he can catch that. But he's not really going to burn you deep. He's more of a, you know, Amari Cooper type where he'll run out 15 yards and cut in or out and, and find a way to get open. Yeah, I got you. Well, that, that was my question, which just basically – if I, I was thinking if if he was a speed guy, I would be more concerned. But as a just a target guy, um, OU has struggled with guys who are basically that. Whenever we face somebody who seems to be six foot three, six foot four, which he's listed at six three, one eighty five, which seems kind of skinny, but it's still pretty tall compared to OU's defensive backs, um, depend upon who we have on them. OU does seem to struggle when it comes to that, when it comes to um, covering a tall wide receiver, a physical wide receiver. So I don't know. Um, Tay Martin may be somebody who is going to torch OU this weekend, um, but I, I, I'm with you. I think Alex Grinch is going to sell out to stop the run. And um, force Spencer Sanders to beat him in the air. If DJ Graham is back, I don't think it matters. But if DJ Graham isn't back, I think Tay Martin may have a field day. So, um, really, it's it's just up to that. Um, simply because I think we're going to put maybe as much as eight guys in the box just to sell out stop the run. So, um, 
Perk? Yeah. Any any other comments on this? No, I think we did a really good job covering it. Ryan, anything else? Uh, I've got a little bit more, but I'll save it for my pick. Uh, all right. And you just said I'll save it for his pick. So... Not my not my picks in the game, but you said we're about to pick the the score. So oh okay, okay sorry. Um, I, I was like, ooh, no, somebody's getting ballsy. Nope, 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 nope. Nope. All right. Well, then Perkins score prediction and why? Oh, you know, I've been thinking about it since we've started talking about it. I'm going to go 17, 21 to 17. And I hate this, but I think OSU wins a defensive battle. Ryan? Mm. I like the sound of that. I have said this in the past. I cannot ever pick us to beat OU, regardless. Uh, I'm going 24 to 20 Sooners. And what I was talking about saving is just this little, I don't know what you call it, superstition or whatever it is. There's these weird little 50-50 things that can that happen in Bedlam. They they just seem to always go OU's way. And it's not necessarily ref, referees or anything. It can be referees, but it can also be just, you know, overturns on reviews, um, bounces on fumbles, weird tip passes. Uh, there's a holding call that took away a touchdown, uh, 20, 2016, I believe. And just all these kind of little little things that in Bedlam, for some reason, they could go either way, and they always seem to, to kind of go his way. And in addition, I talked about Gundy really getting back to conservative uh, playing last week, especially on fourth down. I feel like he's going to have to go for a couple of fourth downs in this game to keep drives going and, and uh, you know, win the game. And I don't trust him to do that. I also feel like Gabe Burkich is just going to come back to being his normal self and probably hit, you know, three field goals to win this game or whatever. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going 24-20 Sooners, hoping, 100% hoping that I'm wrong, but that is what I'm going with. All right. Well, um, I, I'm kind of with you, and I will say this now as an OU fan in Bedlam. I don't care if OU is 0-11 and, and OSU is 11-0 and and the best team in the nation. I will never pick OSU over OU, no matter how much better I may think OSU is. So, with that being said, I'm going OU. And this is going to be the... Maybe not the most points they've given up all year, but most points they've been given up recently. OU 28, OSU 17. That would be the most they've given up all year. That would be? Yep. Sure uh, would. 24 wow. is the most they've given up so far. Well, then I'm, I'm going OU 28 and OSU 17. I think... Um, I, if I'm being honest, I think Gundy pees down his leg again and just does yeah. not do kind of like what you were saying. He's not, he's not that 
coach that's gutsy that goes for it on fourth and one or fourth and two. <clears throat> Iowa State went for it on fourth and one at their own 19 this week. Yeah, because like, they knew they had to. And got it. So mm-hmm. I think this is something where OSU will have to go for it if they want to win, and I just don't think that's in Gundy's character um, as a coach. I just think that um, – I don't I I don't know. I think OU somehow pulls this out and um but I will say kind of that caveat that you just gave at the end of yours there is a weird thing in the year that ends in one. Mm. We have not beaten OSU in a year that ends in one since 1991 when Kale Gundy was the quarterback for OU. Yes, I was one year old. So, uh, so there, there's that. There's a little, little bit of information for you. Mm-hmm. And so let's, let's go ahead and move on to the playoff. The playoff mm-hmm. poll. This week, the playoff poll comes out. And if I'm being completely honest to me, it screams that – they are wanting a Big 12 one-loss team in the playoff. Mm. And I say that because Oregon falls below o- OU. Michigan State falls below OU. OU jumps back up to 10. I don't remember who else fell under OU. Um, but OU jumps back up to 10. OSU jumps to 7. And the teams that are in front of them are uh, Michigan – and Notre Dame, I think Notre Dame is jumped by whichever team wins this game this next week. Hmm. Um, and I think Michigan loses to Ohio State by a lot. So I think they're out of the picture altogether. So whoever wins this game, I think jumps to five. And then is challenging Cincinnati for that fourth spot. And in all honesty, I think they jumped Cincinnati before the playoff. Oof. So, I the way this playoff poll looks, I think that it is set up for a one-loss Big 12 champion. Um, I think if OU beats OSU, so the the I explained how OSU would get in. Um, I think if OU beats OSU, I think they jump um, Baylor, who's at eight, and Oklahoma State, who's at seven, and – Notre Dame at six and then five is Michigan. And I think they jump Michigan because Michigan will fall. So that's how a one loss big 12 team gets into the playoff this year. I think Oklahoma or Oklahoma state has a very, very good chance of making the playoff this year. If whichever team wins, if one of the teams finish with one loss. So, um, that that's kind of kind of how I see the playoff picture at this point. What what are you guys feeling? I completely agree with you. Uh, I I honestly have no argument. I'm really curious to see how it all turns out, but I don't know. I want to see how the bedlam game goes first because that's going to change basically any analysis that I can offer. For for this 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 playoff picture, uh, I agree with you. I think that's kind of what they're gunning for. 
And I'm a firm believer that either OU or OSU will be that number four spot. But I just don't know which one. So I don't think Cincinnati makes it, to be completely honest and upfront. I think they drop down to six, maybe. If I'm being completely honest, I don't think Cincinnati beats Houston. Yeah. But I, I also said that about um, SMU and they mm-hmm. SMU. So, you yep. know, I maybe I'm not the one to listen to on Cincinnati, but I I don't know. I I I'm with you. I think Cincinnati falls at some point. Um, I just think that as a rule of college football, you just you can't put them up there. You just can't. I don't know why the rule's there, but there's never been a group of five school make it. So why now? Mm-hmm. Why Cincinnati? I don't think it's going to happen. I think Cincinnati's not going to be in the playoff. I don't care if you're putting it. I think you put in a two-loss Alabama over Cincinnati. Not that I think that would be right. I, I'm saying what I think the committee would do. So yeah. So whenever I'm saying all this, don't think this is my opinion, because honestly, at this point, I think Cincinnati may be either the second or third best team in the nation. So, mm-hmm. um, but I I think this is what the committee does to Cincinnati. So, mm-hmm. but um, Ryan, you've been kind of quiet. So, what a uh, yeah. What are you feeling on the poll? I feel a little better than I did last week. I'll say that. So Georgia, number one, of course. Ohio State jumped Bama, which really made me happy to see because if they still had Bama at two, then I think even if Bama loses to Georgia by 20, I think they still would have got in. Um, But the fact that they jumped Ohio State up there above them tells me that they haven't been as impressed with Bama, and I think Gary Barda even said so uh, tonight. You know, he saw that they almost lost to LSU, and their defense gave up a lot to Arkansas last week. So um, so I think they see that there's some stuff going on at Bama that they're not the best team in the country, may not be a top-four team. Um, so we need Georgia and Ohio State. I'm, I'm fine with them. Just keep winning. I don't care. Ohio State beat Michigan, beat whoever you do in the Big Ten Championship. Then you've got Bama and Cincinnati there. Georgia needs to just beat Bama. Cincinnati, we talked about it. They have to play Houston in the AAC championship game. It's going to be a tough game. Houston has looked really good, especially in the last few weeks. And they're number 24 uh, in this new latest ranking. So, um, good team there. Michigan's going to drop. I, I feel like Notre Dame – as less of an issue than I thought last week. Now they did win 55 to nothing, but the way they talked tonight about it, I, I do feel like either OU or OSU or Baylor um, would probably jump Notre Dame just because they'd have that extra data point of, of a conference championship. So at that point it comes down to, well, if Bama loses twice, then Hey, maybe Cincinnati's three and OSU's four or OU or Baylor, whoever big 12 team. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping something like that happens. Let me, let me ask you this real quick. You okay. think Baylor has a shot at the playoffs? Well, if everything falls right, I think because if you look at it, Baylor beat OU, who is number 10. 
and then would go whatever 12 and 1 and then would have just beaten let's say OSU beats beats OU. But they're not 12 and 1. They have two losses. They do have two losses. You're right. I was thinking they had one loss. You know what? I don't know about Baylor. I was thinking Baylor because they're number eight right here. But, yeah. But, yeah, I think if it gets down to that, they'll probably pick a, a Notre Dame over them. So um, so maybe it's just OU or OSU. So, so in, in OSU's case, they would have beaten OU and then Baylor, two, two top ten teams in a row um, to move up there. And, and if that happens, listen to this. So you'd have – I was assuming Georgia, Ohio State stay one and two. You'd have a Ohio State, Cincinnati at the two three game. You don't think you think everybody's going to want to watch that in state, you know? And then Georgia, OSU, in the one and four game, two, the two best defenses in the country. So I think if that works out, I think I think the committee would love to put those two matchups together. And I think a lot of people would be interested to see what happens there. So I, f- I feel like the Georgia OSU game would be like that uh, Alabama LSU game when OSU got screwed out of the game. Yeah, um, when it was nine to six. That I feel like that would be the national championship game. Probably, if, if uh, or the semifinal, yeah. I guess, if yeah. Georgia and OSU were to play each other, because that those defenses are both pretty darn good so far so yeah i think i think either team has a chance i think if they went out all right now i've got a question for you boys okay let's say alabama goes out and you know hang on i want to before i sound stupid Mm -hmm. does alabama play georgia in regular season no they will play them in the big 12 or the sec championship if alabama no, I think it's set in stone now. Yeah, it is. They, they will play in the the championship game, the SEC championship game. Okay. Would now this is something I don't know. Would that if would that affect their playoff chances, like Alabama playoff chances if they had two losses from that? No team has ever made the playoff with two losses. Now so, do not so get me wrong. Lose. I think Alabama could be the first team to do it mm-hmm. because Alabama has that helmet logo of Alabama. But yeah, it, so go ahead and ask your question. Yeah. So knowing that, I just wanted to make sure before I asked this in case, like the only way they could have meet was in the playoffs. I just wanted to make sure that wasn't the case. Say Alabama goes out and beats Georgia. Now, does that change anything? As in, like, that, that, would, affect, that yeah. would effectively limit like Alabama would take up another spot in the playoff for sure. So yeah. And Georgia would still be in. Yes. Georgia, 100%. Georgia is in the playoff period. Regardless. Unless they lose to Georgia state or Georgia tech or whoever they play this weekend. And That'd be Alabama, wild. <laughs> then Georgia's in the playoff period. Yes. Like Georgia is the only team that, that you can say without a doubt is in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then you'd have Georgia, Ohio State, and I I think if Bama beats Georgia, you might put Bama ahead of Ohio State again. So you'd have Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, and then Cincinnati, Notre Dame, and one of the Big 12 schools looking for that fourth spot. So that's where it would get interesting. That's why I think Bama – I just want Georgia to beat Bama by 20. Just get them out of here. Yeah. I I, And I think that's how the game will go because – I do too. 
I think Georgia's that much better than Bama. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think we've exhausted the playoff poll good enough um, in our Bedlam broadcast. Oh, Tulsa, Tulsa not ranked again in the playoff. I, I, I know. I commented on that on Twitter. Um, I, I do think that Tulsa is in the next 25, maybe, mm. maybe the next 50. That, that's what I said on Twitter. They may be in the next 25 to the next 50 outside of those rankings. Yeah. I, I think they're in there, though. Yeah. Um, so They're going to be right. after they beat SMU this week. Uh, 100%. Yeah. 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 Yep. Do you guys want to place, place a bet on that? No. Oh, yeah. Like, now you're like a fourth universal? You're backtracking. <laughs> I'm picking right. the winner. Well, so, Perkins, clarify, you want to bet on this? Clarify what kind of bet. Uh, you make the you make the terms. How confident are you? Are we betting? Are are we betting that they win, or are we betting the spread? No, you're well, betting they win. You are confident that they're winning. That is what ooh. you're saying. I don't. What what is what? I'm willing to bet, but I don't know what I'm willing to bet. I don't care. You make it up. It's right. your bet. Right. You're the one who's so confident in Tulsa. <laughs> I'll bet you a, a cold 16 ounce bottle of Dr. Pepper. They make those 16 ounces? That's what I was wondering. <laughs> I'll That's why it. he's he's betting you something that doesn't exist. So <laughs> the, right. the, the twist bottles are 16 ounces, aren't they? They're 20. Oh, I'm literally looking at one right in front of my face. <laughs> all right. A 20 ounce little twist bottle of Dr. Pepper. Uh, all right. That's fine. Do you want cherry Coke or cherry Pepsi or something? If you yeah, want? diet cherry Pepsi. Sorry. You're getting Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Cause we're not sinners in this household. Oh. I'm just kidding. We are. Okay. Good. <laughs> all right. So <sighs> we got, we got a, a, a thing of pop on the game because we're high rollers. <laughs> you know what? That that's how confident, even though we argued about it for thirty minutes. Hey, that's how confident you are. Is a pop. Put me down. Put me down for a twenty ounce of diet Pepsi. I'll take wow. it. There you go. All right. All right. Sorry for the technical difficulties there. Um, somebody needs a new phone. I'm not gonna name the person, um, but it's probably me. Um, so maybe I am going to name the person, but somebody needs a new phone. Um, and that is definitely me. I need to get a new phone and that's what we, our main recording thing, recording platform is, it's the phone. So, um, yeah, but what I was hearing right before everything crashed was I'm getting two Dr. Peppers after this, uh, SMU game this weekend. That's what you think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, good. Um, you guys seemed really confident because you only bet uh, a, a bottle of pop. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was willing to go up to even China King or maybe even just dinner anywhere. But, you know. Well, is it, is it pop or is it soda? We're not having that debate. <laughs> <laughs> Team soda over here. That's pop, 100%. It's pop. Yeah. It's fine. We're in the South. I get it. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure pop's more of a northern concept, and soda and Coke is a southern. Uh, I don't know. I feel like soda is more like proper. 
So like New York and California, those places say soda. But I anyway. feel like soda pops the proper one. Like soda when you pop. say soda. Right. Yeah, this is a good college football discussion. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's the stuff everyone wants to know. Yeah, well, I'm glad we're getting it out there for the world to know then. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'm saying I do a whole 40-minute podcast over this. I, <laughs> I'm down. I, I have no in the doubt off-season. in the world that you could. In the off-season, we can do it. Yeah, we, when, whenever we don't have football to talk about, yes. Mm-hmm. But we're already pushing – an hour and a half, and we haven't even got to the betting part of our podcast. <laughs> so I'll have two Dr. Peppers this weekend, so mm-hmm. uh, that'll be good. And um, then, uh, you know, you guys won't have anything. That'll be sad, but okay. it'll be all right. Let's, <laughs> let's go ahead and move on into our betting portion of the podcast. We are going to start this week with Ryan. Hey. Because he went three and zero on the weekend, and had a very good weekend. Good job, Ryan. Go ahead. What is your? Where are you going with first pick this weekend? Before I go with my first pick, remember when you picked Oregon, and I picked Utah? You're welcome. Minus three. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Helped us out in the playoff ranking. Um, <clears throat> go Utes. So here in my first uh, pick of the week. I'm going to go with the Ohio State Buckeyes. They are minus eight and a half points at Michigan. We saw Ohio State destroy Michigan State last week. Uh, So this may be a little recency, but I feel like Ohio State's just on another level. I don't trust Michigan's offense. So I think Ohio State is going to win by, let's just say, 10 to 14 points, enough to cover the eight and a half. All right, I completely agree. I, I Going into the Ohio State, State game this weekend, I was listening to College Game Day and them talking about Michigan State's defense and how they were the worst in passing defense in the nation. And so I, I go into DraftKings and I do those lineups and fantasy stuff, mm-hmm. and I put some money and I got all of Ohio State's wide receivers, and oh, boy, did it pay off. Mm. Oh, it it was sure. Yeah. It was a good weekend. So, you know, I, I'm with you, Ohio State. That's a good pick. I don't think Michigan does. Michigan lost to that Michigan State team. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I think that Ohio State rolls, and I think it's not even close. So, Perk, where are you going with the first pick this week? You know, I'm pretty sure I bet against Ohio State twice now. And I don't recommend it. So I think it's a good pick. Uh, always go for Ohio State rather than against them. So I agree with it. Hey, also, one thing. Um, OSU and not Ohio State. OSU is in Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Has beaten the spread nine times this year. Nine so, times. They're not going to this weekend, but you know. Nine times. Anybody? I have no idea where you're going with this. Bueller. Oh. Bueller. Anyway, yeah. Ferris Bueller. Sorry. Mm. All right, Perk, where are you going with first pick? (laughs) I I think you guys would love this. I'm going Kansas State. Nah. First Texas. Yes. 
And I'm taking Kansas State plus three. Yes. No, you were not taking it that way until we talked about it. No, I was. No, you weren't. Don't you call me no liar. I was, but I wanted to get your guys' opinion first when we discussed it. Dang it. No. Kansas State, State, come on. Yeah. No. Yes. There's not a chance. Why would I not? Texas because lost. That, that was going to be one of my picks. They don't even have Bijan Robinson right now. Like, that, why that would was, I not take Kansas State? That was going to be one of my picks this week. That was my, yeah, one of mine. I should have gone first with that one. Yeah, Wait. I should have gone first in front of Perkins because That's right. I just that's true. He, ta- he talked about how he was going to pick uh, Texas over Kansas State. Now he's backtracking on it. I don't think – I never said that. I said, oh, yeah, I was going to take Kansas. I never said no. – I, I, yeah, no, I never said Texas. All right, good, good pick, Perkins. Thank well, you. Obviously, yeah. That's the dumbest line I've seen this week, my word. Yeah. That, yeah. All right, anyway, because Zach. He got me all flustered. Uh, oh, I know. I'm not sure where it's at. But Houston at UConn, or I don't know if it's at UConn. Houston versus UConn. Houston is like um, a 32-point favorite. I got to find the game. So, um, But Houston is a huge favorite, and I'm picking Houston to cover that. They are, yeah, 32-point favorites at UConn or against UConn. Sorry, it is at UConn. Good. Um, And Houston minus 32. That's my first pick of the week. I think Houston rolls. UConn is just a horrible team. What do you guys think? I'm fine with that. I mean, Houston's been – they've looked pretty good this year, so I'm not against it. No. And, yeah, UConn's bad. Really bad. They got beat by Clemson by 34 or whatever it was. So. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Where are you going with your second pick? Um, my second pick, I'm actually going to go with – I hope I don't steal another one of your picks. I'm going with Florida State plus three at Florida. I love it. The Florida just has been absolutely pitiful. Fired Dan Mullen this week. Um, Florida State has really – after starting, I think they started 0-3 – They've won like seven of eight games or whatever it is since then. They've been really good, and I think giving them three points, I mean, at Florida, at the Swamp, but Florida just lost to Missouri, who was not good. Almost lost to a Samford FCS team. So, yeah, Florida is just bad, and I'm taking the Seminoles to beat the Gators. Taking them outright, but they get get three points, so. All right, I like. Uh, I actually really like that pick. Um, I thought about picking that one this week. Perk, what do you think of it? I'm the, I'm on the same boat. It was I think of my three. It was like number four or five on like the ones I almost chose. So, it's it's a good choice. Cool. Perk, where are you going yes. with the second one? I, I'm having a little fun with it this week. I'm going to take Arkansas versus Missouri. And I'm taking Arkansas on the 14-point spread, 14.5. And it's uh, they have Arkansas as the favorites at minus 14.5. All right. I, I don't 
Missouri's not a very good team, so I don't hate mm-hmm. that pick. Um, and honestly, Arkansas doesn't get a lot of credit. They've looked really good this year. They really have. So, Arkansas's played well. I think it's a good pick, Ryan. Yeah, I would agree. I think Arkansas bounces back from the Bama game. And, uh, yeah, I think they've got it. So, good pick. Very nice. All right. I am um, – I'm going to go a little bit risky. And I, I don't think it's risky, but I think you guys will think it's risky. Um, and I'm going Alabama at Auburn. And I think Auburn covers – or Auburn plus 19 and a half is what I'm going with. I do not think Auburn wins the game, but Alabama has not played well, and they have not been able to blow people out of the water here recently. So 19 and a half, three touchdowns, that is a lot of points to score. I think Alabama covers, or Auburn covers against Alabama. I do think Alabama still wins, though. I almost picked that. The only reason I didn't is because Bo Nix is out and I don't have trust in Auburn to score enough points. I feel like Alabama might, you know, it might be a close game till like mid fourth quarter and then Bama scores two late touchdowns or something to cover, but I don't think it's a bad pick at all. Well, you just told me Bo Nix is out. Now I want to change my pick, (laughs) but I'm sticking with it. Perk, what do you think? Ah, honestly, I think betting against Alabama isn't a bad decision. You know, they haven't looked great. They have issues on both sides of the ball that, you know, just aren't characteristic of how they have looked. So I don't think it's a bad pick. And honestly, it's a huge, huge point difference that they're thinking they're going to cover that I just don't think it's going to happen. So. Yeah, and it's at Auburn, so they've got that. It's a big rivalry game, so you never know what happens. All right. Um, Ryan, where's your mm. third and final pick of Bedlam week? Third and final pick. I'm going OSU plus four or minus four. No, I'm going. That's that's what I was trying to do. Set you up. Yeah, yeah. yeah thanks. Um, <sighs> I can't decide between two. So I'm gonna I'm gonna settle on. Michigan State plus one versus Penn State. Okay. I think the Spartans are getting, you know, I think the reason they're a an underdog in this game is just because they looked so bad last week. But Penn State hasn't looked any better. Sean Clifford's been injured. I'm not even sure if he's going to play yet or not. But if he does, he's he's banged up. And I think Michigan State's going to bounce back and and win this game, I think they'll probably win, you know, by a touchdown. Uh, it's not going to be a blowout or anything. But, yeah, I think the Spartans can cover that. All right. Um, I I don't know. For me, I, I, don't, I don't disagree. It's just a little too close. I don't, I don't, I wouldn't pick that one. But I, I see where you're coming from with it disagree with the pick perk what do you think i you know as someone i've been betting on games for a little bit two years now and one thing that's been a fairly consistent thing if you especially if you listen to me in the first part of our our first season penn state lets you down 100 percent of the time you bet on them (laughs) 
And so no matter which way you're betting, if you're betting against them or for them, they will upset you. And so I disagree with it just solely based on the fact that you should never bet anywhere near Penn State. Penn State, Indiana, Rutgers, those three, those three games, they will do whatever is opposite of, of what you want. So I disagree with it, that, that single fact – I think that since you bet against Penn State, Penn State is going to come out with some crazy win. Uh, so <laughs> that's all superstition, though. Otherwise, so, so despite all your wisdom that you've learned over the years, you're still eleven and twenty-five. <laughs> I just know what teams to stay away from. Okay. <laughs> Do you though? Apparently not. I mean, <laughs> my score would be worse if I if I started betting for those three teams again, though. That's fair. All right. I'm not sure it would. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it could be. Worked. I guess it could statistically, but. Anyway. All right. All right. So, um, Pert, what what next game are you going to pick wrong? Uh, I'm taking one of the bigger deficits or bigger spreads that we have this week. It is. Uh... I swear. <laughs> Tennessee. Okay, cool. Uh, okay. Tennessee versus Vanderbilt. Yeah. And I'm taking Tennessee at the minus 31. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Vanderbilt played Old Miss pretty close this weekend. Uh, I don't know much about that. <laughs> uh, I'm being fully honest with you. Uh, but yeah, I can't I can't say that I have a ton of confidence. I was just last minute looking, and I liked the way it looked. And so I glanced at previous scores, and I thought, you know what, this will be all right. And so that's what I did. Can't can't, can't go wrong with that. Nope. I, I bet <laughs> has that been your method all year? Yeah, I think we found no. out the, the secret. <laughs> no, no, that's that's I'm, that's trying something new because I've been overlooking, and and i think that's the problem i'm over analyzing overthinking it yeah yeah. Uh, yeah i don't think that's the problem all right so um i i think tennessee can cover 31 but that's that is a lot of points for two bad teams so i i don't know tennessee's going to win the game vanderbilt's really bad i i really don't know ryan what do you think I actually looked at that one hard to take Vanderbilt because, yeah, they've been bad. Tennessee hasn't been incredible, but you look at Vanderbilt's schedule and they get beat pretty bad by a lot of people. So I just didn't have the nerve to take it. But if I'm betting, I'm probably going Vanderbilt. Terrible pick, Bert. Terrible pick. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. And with my final pick of Bedlam Week, no. I am going nope. with Lock up the Sooners. I dare you. I am going. You're trying to get me away from it. I dare you. I'm going. All right. I would so just so the whole podcast knows, I was just trying to play with Ryan's emotions there. Um I was going Notre Dame plus or minus no, nineteen at Stanford. Do what you do. But um since since Ryan wants me to do it, oh, I don't hold on, hold on. 
last week you said that you usually pick these games and the opposite happens, which did happen with Oregon. I don't want you to single-handedly jinx OU. I want this to be a fair game. So think carefully before you do anything. Don't do it because I said to. Do it because you want to. Well, if that's the case, then I'm going Notre Dame minus 19. That's my boy. But if if you – how about this? If you change your last pick to to OSU, I'll go to OU. I mean – No. No. (laughs) I tell you what. Go ahead and do your go ahead and do your pick and then let me talk. All right. I'll go Notre Dame minus nineteen at Stanford. Stanford has been horrendous. I don't know how this Stanford team beat Oregon. Um they are just a god awful team. They give up a lot of points and they can't score any. So I don't know how this is only nineteen points. I think this will be a blowout from the start. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it'll be a blowout in the middle, and I don't think I think it'll be a blowout at the end. So mm-hmm. um, I don't think this one's close. I think Notre Dame could hang seventy on Stanford, maybe. So uh, I think this is not a close game at all. So Notre Dame minus nineteen against Stanford. All right, Ryan, go ahead. So first off, great pick. That was one I almost picked. Um, Stanford upset Oregon. A long time ago and then have lost six straight since then and their last three they've lost by an average of 32 points so i think this is going to be a big blowout so great great pick for notre dame um so i don't know if you were talking about outright or the spread but in bedlam aside from our picks the, this doesn't count officially for our picks but i'm willing to bet you China, just on outright Bedlam. On outright Bedlam. I mean, OSU's a four-point favorite, so you're getting – well, I guess I'm getting points because they're not no, they're not covering by four. No, we can do the spread if that's easier for you, whatever works. Um, I'm willing to if you are. If you don't want to, no worries. <laughs> I don't know. You put me on the spot on the podcast. I, 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 I really, really, really want to, mm-hmm. but I know as soon as I put money on OU, yeah. they're going to let me down. So okay. that's what I was hoping. So I'll, I understand. I'll take, I'll take it. No, don't do it. Nope, I'll take it. All right. Outright. 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 Oh. All right. Whoever wins, perk. You left out because, well. Nope. Nope. I don't want any. I don't want any <laughs> part of this devil work. No, sir. Of the what? Devil work? Is that what you <laughs> Yeah. None of this jinxing. None of this hexing <laughs> on my teams. I don't want none of it. Voodoo. I'm not even sure what teams you support. You just <laughs> flip floppy all the time. Ouch. All right. Well. Uh, we can't like physically shake because we're not in the same room, but we're shaking on it mentally right now. So, yes, Ryan, Ryan, and Zach for uh, China King. China King's on the line. Yes, uh, and honest, honestly, I think we're both going to be winning at the end, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we're not not to go. We're sitting there and eating. 
<laughs> I want all I can eat. <laughs> Park, you can come with us if you want. Oh, good. I was gonna ask. I, was, I don't. I don't but, know how that works, but I was gonna ask. You'd be eating tainted food because it's the devil work. Yeah. So you don't want to go. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Oh, well, all right. Well, we did a lot for Bedlam Week. This episode's going to be nearing about an hour and 50 minutes, I think. Mm. So um, I think we should probably wrap it up. Ryan, anything basketball-wise? Anything big, like really big? Nothing really big. OSU and OU both look pretty good. OU, OSU's five and one. OU's four and one. Uh, TU and ORU are struggling, but TU is three and two. ORU two and two. Uh, the only really thing to cover is ORU uh, plays at OSU on Friday. Or no, sorry, they play OSU in Tulsa on Friday, and then they play Tulsa on Monday. So there's some fun in-state matchups here in the next uh, the next week. So. Some fun stuff to watch there. All right. Well, we'll have to be watching out for it. Mm-hmm. Um, all I'm saying is on the sports animal in Tulsa, they said um, instead of Caleb Boone, they said Caleb Boone. Oh, my gosh. So, um, and they they did, it was it wasn't like one of the guys talking about him. It was on the thing they recorded talking about the game like wow. that plays over and over. Like where they were recapping the game, like Caleb Boone had, oh. I don't know, 19 points or whatever and 10 boards. I don't know what the stat was, but they kept saying, like, I heard it probably five times on the radio to and from Tahlequah today. So that's like an oh. hours. And it was, they kept saying, Caleb Boone. And I'm like, oh, yeah. God, that doesn't sound good. He's <laughs> he's from Tulsa. I, I know. <laughs> that's <laughs> That's the thing. Uh, maybe he texts them and that uh, maybe he's an inside source. I've talked to Caleb before when I covered high school basketball, um, and he never told me Caleb. But I have never heard anyone say Caleb. It's it's not it's not. But all cool. right, well, um, basketball is doing pretty well, um, for both OU and OSU. TU, ORU, ORU is going to play Roger State here pretty soon. Um, maybe that'll get them back on track. But ORU's been struggling so. That, that's kind of our recap on basketball. We'll dive deeper once the football season ends. Um, any Anything else you want to throw in there, Perk? No, I think we got it covered. All right, well, we uh, have a – I got two things. All right. Um, Kansas uh, beat Texas at football, and Texas has lost uh, six straight games. I just wanted to reiterate that. And also, Malcolm Rodriguez – is a freak and going out on the field for the first series. This is what he will be saying. Go pokes, go pokes, <laughs> beat OU. Well, us at OU don't need the theatrics to go out to try to win this game. We'll just beat it on the field. Um, so um, there's that. I do think Malcolm Rodriguez got snubbed for um, – uh, 
for but, the line director award. I can't remember what it is. But it's the Butkus Award. The Butkus Award, which is always a funny award. Yes. I'm not sure you want that award, honestly. No. But yeah. But uh, yeah, Malcolm Rodriguez definitely gets snubbed for that award. And mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah, we'll we don't have much else to do. All right, is mm-hmm. this is going to end our our Bedlam Week episode? It is extra long and extra special this week. I think this one went pretty darn well, and we had a lot of jabs at each other, had a lot of fun. Um, so, anything else? Any last comments for Bedlam? Nope. I think we're just ready to get it over with. Excited yeah. to watch the games. All right. Well, Gonna be crazy. Go, folks. All right. Signing off. This is Zach Kobler. That's uh, Ryan Winkle and Jeremiah Perkins. We will see you guys later. Go Bucks. Boomer Sooner. Tulsa Chant. Rain King. <laughs> I, I believe in you, Tulsa. Rain Kane. <laughs> I was 100% going to cut it at Boomer Sooner because I knew Ryan was going to clap back. And then, then he, he said Tulsa Chant. I don't know. What, what do you call him? Rain, Rain Kane. Kane. That gummit. Gosh. What is it? Rain Kane. Like raining like a king. Rain Kane. Rain Kane. Oh. Uh, I didn't know that. Like raising canes? Yeah, I got you. Yeah. All right, that'll that'll do for this week. Um Oh, we're still recording. Yeah, we're still on. We're 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 hundred percent. So this is 100% staying in there. Okay. Right. Yeah, that was well, completely we'll candid. We'll see you guys next <laughs> week and Boomer Sooner. Rain Cane. <laughs> oh, see you guys. Raising Cane.